At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys mini show for Tuesday, November 17th. I'm Brenda Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is a show where we answer your messages, texts, and emails to see what's going on with you. How you doing, Ian? Pretty good, Brendan. How are you doing? Well, better than I have been. Good. I, I know that physically not so great. No, I, I'm a big, handsome wreck, man. I tell you. <laughs> After we finished our last recording, my body just, bleh, you know, and yeah. I thought it was the turducken, but... Then I realized after going through my timeline, I never go anywhere. Or talk to anybody. Also this. So that's very <laughs> unlikely. That's awesome. I just realized I've been really, uh, really up in my own head, you know, mm. and, and not really like engaging with that. Right. So it, it just, yeah, I finally kind of realized that. And, and, you know, I actually started seeing a therapist, which I think is good. Good. Yeah. No, you know what? It's so funny to me how we um, are more than willing to take our car in for an oil change every 10,000 kilometers, but we won't you know, do anything about our mental health. I can be real dumb sometimes. And I know yeah. this is going to be a shock to you, a real shock. You certainly can't be stubborn sometimes. <laughs> Me? No. Who's stubborn? I'm not stubborn. You're stubborn. stubborn. What? Yeah, right. No. <laughs> now it's time for listener mail. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. So our first couple of messages concern something that came up on episode 96. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had that listener member who they had the um, earthquake experience. Yeah, but no one else experienced it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So yeah, we have two messages. Uh, we had more than this, but uh, these are the two that we ended up uh, being able to fit into the show. Our first one came from Chris and he says, I was listening to episode 26 and the story of the Brazilian girl who experienced an earthquake that nobody else seemed to notice brought me back to when I was in seventh grade, which was roughly 20 years ago. I lived in Renfrew, Ontario, and I woke in the middle of the night to my entire room shaking to the point of things falling off my dresser. It lasted for maybe a minute, and I went back to sleep. In school the next day, I, I mentioned it to people, but nobody had heard or felt anything. I asked at home and got the same response. I never really thought of it again or in a ghostly way. But I would really like the girl who sent you that story to know somebody else has had the same thing happen. Well, thanks for that, Chris. And I'll just read this next message from Melissa, and then we'll talk about them. Just listening to your latest podcast, episode 96, and Brennan talking about bed shaking caught my interest. What is it with that? It has happened to me, and I cannot figure out why. 
My story starts when I was living in White Rock in 2009. My boyfriend was out with a friend late and I was at home on a weekday so I headed to bed. It was around 11pm and I could not fall asleep for some reason. And out of nowhere I heard my boyfriend come home. I heard him skip the wooden stairs outside two at a time like he always does, then the door handle rattled as it usually does, then nothing. I waited, waited, and still he didn't come in. And I thought it was weird, but maybe he was having a problem getting his keys, so I got up to check and to my surprise there was no one outside. No noises, nothing. I was spooked. I texted to see if he needed help and he texted me back straight away saying he was still at his friend's house in Langley, which was about 20 minutes drive. I was scared now, as I heard him or something at the door. I decided that I could not stay there alone anymore and jumped in my car and drove to where he was at, explaining the situation to him and his friends. His friend offered me a bed upstairs so I could sleep and I did, feeling pretty anxious. That's when the bed started shaking violently. At this stage I was completely scared and I closed my eyes to ignore it. I'm not sure what happened there, but if it had happened today I certainly would not have been so scared and I would have told it to piss off. So thank you, Melissa and Chris, and that's really interesting. I mean, what Melissa describes kind of sounds like something we've talked about on the show before, and that's the vartiger. Mm -hmm. It's a phenomenon where you hear someone coming home before they come home. Right. But in this case, there seems to be something else attached to that, and I, I'm just so mystified by what the hell this is. Is it like a mimic thing? or? Uh, well, the vartiger, I don't think anyone really knows. I mean, it, it never seems to do anything other than mimic those sounds, so I guess it is a kind of mimic. But it, usually there's no accompanying phenomenon that I'm aware of. Like, I, I think this is the first time I've heard of a bed shaking following that. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, and I'm just going back to Chris's message, I was thinking how there's even like a physical, a physical effect. You know, things have fallen off the dresser. Right. As you were reading that, I was kind of running through my head, what would a, a skeptic say? And I think a skeptic would say it was a dream. He had a dream. Yeah, but if shit's fallen off the... <laughs> That's it, and it's still off in the morning. Well, then, then you know, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I do know last night the weirdest goddamn thing happened. I was sitting on the couch at about two in the morning, as you do. <laughs> I was watching the horror movie Prison, and um, I heard outside what sounded like a, a really substantial explosion. Oh, wow. And, like a boom. And I yeah. jumped up, and like the cat ran inside. I, I checked the police scanner. Nothing was being said. There was nothing on Twitter, but I absolutely heard it. And hmm. no one else has spoken about it. Oh, weird. So either I'm having some sweet-ass hallucinations. <laughs> or, uh... Well, or everyone else was sleeping, you weirdo. Well, there is that. <laughs> thanks, Dr. Killjoy. <laughs> You're welcome. So thanks again, Chris and Melissa. Valerie from Tulsa, Oklahoma wrote in to say, Hello, gentlemen. Just listened to the latest podcast, and it was a good one. I wanted to show my appreciation for the mini-show. It's nice to hear your voices every week. Oh, that's sweet. So, what is the deal with Edmonton? I must know. Gosh, Valerie, no one knows. It's just oh kind of there. Oh, that poor city. <laughs> I agree. That poor city. Oh, God. Okay. Someone should just drown it and put it out of oh, misery. Jesus like one of those Christ. deformed calves that end up in one of those freak show museums. Oh, God almighty. To hear unfiltered distilled hatred <laughs> more like disdain i wrote valerie separately in explaining this but i saw that i saw that i'm sure there are listeners who are curious about this uh would you like to explain it um sure. can, can, I, I, or I should say can you explain it without <laughs> setting the city afire oh, with your words oh oh you mean you mean just stick to facts yes okay so edmonton and calgary are in the same province they're both 
large cities. Calgary was actually supposed to be the capital, but then they realized that, oh gosh, every capital is in the southern part of every province. We should mix it up a little. So they made Edmonton the capital. There's just nothing up there. It's horrible. It's bleak. It's flat. It's ugly. <laughs> the river is brown. There's nothing remarkable about it. And the one city festival they have a year celebrates prostitutes, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but you know, maybe work on that. Someone should have workshopped that. Anyway. As opposed to the Calgary a- Stampede, which separates, celebrates like animal abuse no, and alcoholism. I, no, uh, cowboys. Abusing animals. Well, you do what you do. I see. Um, so, yeah, so Calgary is just, you know, nestled in the foothills and we've got the Rockies and we've got the prairies and we've got a, a few rivers, none of them which are brown. And <sighs> we just have a whole lot more culture, class, money and education. Counterpoint, Edmonton has really forward thinking public transit infrastructure and they're still, which they're still developing, which I admire. Well, so is Calgary. Calgary is grudgingly doing it. <laughs> If I had to live anywhere in Alberta, I would be Edmonton. Because you can't get enough of the giant mall. <laughs> I did have some pretty solid sushi there. That hasn't seen any development inside of it since the 80s? Gross. It really hasn't. I, I went there for the first time since I was a kid in 2017, whenever I went to that bachelor party. Yeah, yeah. And holy shit, it, it is literally like stepping back in time and not in a great way. No, because I mean, I remember going up there as a kid with my mom and dad. And there were like aviaries and there were giant aquariums and there were dolphins and there were, well, now the dolphin pen is full of sea otters because they can't kill anybody. And, <laughs> and all of the aviary, because there was an incident with the dolphins. Right. Um, and now um, all the aviaries and the aquariums, there's just nothing there. And yeah. you go into Bourbon Street, quote unquote, that is what they called basically their restaurant row. And it is, I'm not kidding you, it has not changed since 1986. I remember being really enthralled with a pirate ship when I was oh, a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I went there a couple of years ago, it, it's exactly the same, yeah. but caked in all the dust that has settled there since my childhood. Yeah. Did you know the same people who own West Edmonton Mall own the Mall of America? No, but that makes a lot of sense. Right. That's another place. I went there with uh, with our with my friend Mike when we went to that uh, yeah. wedding in yeah. Minnesota in 2017. And I did not understand the appeal. Well, that's not true. I, I have a sort of slutty enthusiasm for malls. Okay. The same reason I have slutty enthusiasm for Costco. Right. Because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. They should not e- exist. They're unnatural. But there's just something about that unnatural nature that is kind of appealing to me. Like, I'm the kind of guy who, the second he hears the siren mm-hmm. from the, the, the deck of the boat, my pants are down, I'm in the water, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's better this way. <laughs> so, yeah, so there you go, Edmonton versus Calgary. Yes, yeah, so, because Valerie, I bet you didn't realize you were going to enter into a long discussion <laughs> about the, the relative benefits of real estate in uh, central Canada. Edmonton is better though. Wow. It's so much more interesting. You are going to burn in hell. I was in downtown Calgary for like an hour and I hated it so goddamn much. Getting around is a pain in the ass. It's all the like the yuppie crap they have in Vancouver, but without any of the attached culture. It's just a bunch of people in cowboy hats trying to pretend like they know what the hell they're doing. Right. Oh, God, it was awful. But, I mean, Edmonton has its flaws, but it's got a really interesting indie music culture. I walked into a restaurant, and they have, like, a a little vending machine with zines in it. Oh, these handmade zines, and that's fucking cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. 
Calgary, everyone's too busy snorting blow off hookers' asses to oh uh, my God. create go any to, kind of go meaningful to art. They've reinvented it. It's very cool. I'm sure the blow they snort is highly, like, uh, is like, what do they call it? Art- artisanal blow. You're it's, so 1987. I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Thank you very much, Valerie. We had an email from another Chris, a different Chris, saying, I've just discovered you guys and my ears have been picking out on your stories. Love them. Happy to hear you guys finally checked out an episode of Supernatural. It gets a bit hokey with the angels, but the first few seasons are awesome. I, Jesus, yeah, I mean, we watched that in like, like year two or year one back when we had the office. Mm-hmm. That was a Ghost Smashers one? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, it was. I have to ask, have you read Jim Butcher's Dresden Files? Your talk of fame made me think you really might enjoy it as a bit of fluff. Worried about catching up to the last episode. Well, Chris, if you run out of episodes, there's always the Patreon at patreon.com slash ghost story guys. <laughs> That's patreon.com slash ghost story guys. <laughs> we have all the cabin fever episodes and the, the bonus, uh, largely the truth shows and the chicken talks before we started putting those in the, the mini shows and so mm-hmm. much great stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you run out, don't worry. Just go to patreon.com slash ghost story guys. <laughs> and uh, no, I, I haven't actually read any, anything by Jim Butcher. Chris, so I will I will check that out. Thank you so much. Our next one's from Heather. Just to confirm, Ian, Penny Dreadful was awesome. Brennan should definitely watch it. Thank you, Heather. I agree. I finished it. It was brilliant. Next up is uh, Mary F. who says, Country Living is advertising Christmas sweaters for chickens. They're being sold by Animal Fun and Fashion on Etsy. <laughs> so there you go, Ian. That's, that's your next gift. Yeah, for the, people uh, send me a lot of these kinds of things. <laughs> Arms for chickens, sunglasses for chickens, sweaters for chickens. It's just not going to happen. I love it. I love it. Send him all the chicken stuff. Folks. No, don't. I'm good. All of it. <laughs> all of it. This is Axel by The Ghost Line. I'd like to thank you for sharing my stories on the podcast. If I may, I'd like to correct something everyone at work knows my dead name. It's the fact that Ghostly Greg knows my preferred name that had me a bit spooked. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you, Axel. Uh, Anyways, funny story about when I realized you guys shared my story on the podcast, I was basically recommending the podcast to my cousin because the dynamic that you two share reminds me of my cousin and I. So I thought I'm so sorry. (laughs) So yeah, you should probably get some couples therapy. (laughs) So I thought it'd be a good way to get the post-ritual jitters to subside. And when it got to the bit where you shared my story, I looked at my cousin confused, like, this is my story. So when it finally hit that indeed it was my story, it was kind of just me staring at her in shock. (laughs) That's That's pretty great. Um, Yeah, that is. Thanks for sharing with us, Axel. This next story comes from someone who's asked to be called Bring Out Your Dead. I just wanted to tell you that the day I started listening to your podcast was the day I had to drive five hours to Elliott Lake from Toronto to pick up a dead guy. Traducan murdered my industry, and so I've been working for a funeral home. As the highways got narrower and the light got lower and the landscape got rockier and because I wasn't able to pick up said guy until late afternoon and because once you have a decedent in the vehicle you really need to just get him to where he needs to be pronto although we did go to A&W drive through in Sudbury <laughs> I thought I might have to not listen to you on the way back turns out he and I were both fine with it and although I can't speak for him I'm a fan to be clear I have had several encounters some with I believe my dad who passed when I was really little I know this stuff to be real, but I have to say, being someone who gets dead people where they need to be, it is not creepy. The people we ferry around aren't there anymore. It's only what's left that we are left to deal with. The soul or whatever it is that makes us us is somewhere else entirely. And yeah, dead guy storage, I I do absolutely agree. Yeah. I don't think dead bodies are creepy at all. I've only seen a couple in my life, but you know, I can't talk about it for fear of prosecution, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. I don't think I've ever really seen a dead body other than in a funeral home. Oh, really? Yeah. It used to really freak me out. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I don't think so. How freaked out I was by dead bodies. This was about, oh God, over 20 years ago now. My dad was dying of cancer. I knew we were going to have to deal with it. And I was, I was really struggling with it. Not him dying. I knew he was dying. We'd known for a couple of years, but the whole process. And a priest friend of mine, that's when I lived in Winnipeg, said, um, you know, I have a friend who owns a funeral parlor. If you think it would help, you know, maybe I can get him to give you a tour. And uh, I'm like, oh, you know, that kind of absolute pure gut-wrenching terror. And right. I said, okay. So I went. And he took me through the whole process, picking out a coffin, and uh, he showed me all the urns, and then he took me into the embalming room, and there was a, a deceased person on the slab, uh, and then he showed me what they do, and he showed me uh, they embalmed this person while I was there. Oh, wow. The freakiest damn thing. He goes, watch this. This is fun. <laughs> and he turns the machine on and it starts pumping this colored fluid through, right, to make you look more natural. Because, of course, you're pretty much white. He goes, watch the arm. And as I'm looking at the arm, I'm watching color creep down the arm. And then I watch as the veins in the back of the hand pop up from the pressure and the color return to them. I swear oh. to God, I knew, I knew what was happening. But I swear to God, it looked like life coming back into that person. Weird. Yes. He showed me all the different putties they use in case someone's like been stabbed or because they have to plug up all the holes before of course, they yeah. turn on the machine. After that, we drove out to the crematorium and he said, you know, people think that it's just um, they're just ashes and we just sweep them into a box and away they go. But no, they don't. They take the body out because it's very, very brittle skeleton essentially and they scrape it out with a big rake into a bin and they put that bin into a almost like a sorting machine with a big funnel underneath it and they pull out any fake bits like fake hips or you know anything that didn't get burned and right. then they drop all of those bone fragments into this machine that looks like a front-loading washing machine but with big ball bearings inside and that's actually what grinds it down to dust and then they put that in a bag and that's what you get I'm just imagining you with like a Michael's bag. Okay, well, it's funny you say that because here's what happened. So my dad did pass away, did die. Uh, They got his remains and they cremated him. And within three days or four days, I think it was, he was being dropped off. Now he got dropped off and my brother met me at my mom's house. My parents were divorced. And I said to my mom, can we... So my dad wanted his ashes split up three ways. And so I said to my mom, can we do it like in your house? And she's like, oh, God, no. no. <laughs> so my brother and I are splitting my dad's ashes up into yogurt containers in the backseat of my rental car. Oh, my God. And it's God. a super windy day. And I'm laughing because I said to my brother, I'm like, oh, my God, the neighbors are going to think we're doing some kind of cocaine deal. <laughs> and uh, well, Calgary, right? Like you were saying. Yeah, fair. So my brother got a portion of his ashes and he wanted those sprinkled at Princess Island Park, which is in Calgary. And another portion went to his girlfriend and she sprinkled them off of they were going to take a hot air balloon ride together. And my dad died. So she went on the balloon ride and she sprinkled his ashes. And then I got the part that was going to go to England. But the problem was we didn't go to England for like two years. So my dad sat on in different locations for a while. And while we were living in Winnipeg, we were selling our house and I put him on top of the fridge in these two yogurt containers 
And we had a cleaning crew come to the house to get it ready to sell. And he was gone. I'm like, oh my God, I think they threw out dad. Oh no. It turned out dad had fallen behind the fridge. <laughs> Typical. So, um, what a scamp. So I got him and I put him in the, in the in-between seat glove compartment in the car. And we were driving to Victoria cause we were moving here. And um, at one point I just, we're going through the Rockies. And I flipped open the glove box thing and I went, Dad, look, mountains. And I slammed it shut again. <laughs> and my wife at the time was like, what the hell was that? Like, what was that? <laughs> so when we got here, I upgraded his living conditions. I put him in a nice little pottery vase I found. And yeah, but then we went to England and I forgot him. And so like we're on the plane and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot dad. It was like home alone with dead Kevin. people. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was home alone with dead people. When we came back to England, that's when I brought him. And then I did what he wanted me to do, which was pour him on his parents' graves. Well, I mean, you did it. I did it. It only took me like three years after he died. Well, thankfully, he's not really, he doesn't care. Well, no, and it was kind of nice having him around for Christmas and birthdays. <laughs> Put him, you set him his own seat at the table. Like, exactly. Ian, honey, we need to talk about this. This is getting weird. This is getting weird. You'll offend dad, yeah. <laughs> uh, you no. open it up, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, dad, if you think I should do this, just don't say anything. <laughs> All right, we have consensus. I will be done. That's right. So yeah, no, it was, but it was a weird journey for me because I did have a real hang up around death and dead bodies and the funeral business and right. I had a real thing with it. So that I found that really, really helpful and very liberating. And it really did help me handle my own dad's death a lot better. So and there then you, you go. Through your own version of As I Lay Dying, which is kind of amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> man the life you've lived tiffany says i'm listening to your show and i was just wondering if you two have ever considered collaborating on a book i figured with the amount of mail you get there must be worthwhile stories which never make it to air now this is assuming you save and catalog those stories but it would be so cool to read a book of the ones which are never mentioned on air in bonus episodes uh, i'd totally buy a print copy and an audio copy if brennan narrates <laughs> anyway just a thought i love listening to you both yeah but brennan moore thanks yeah. Tiffany. and Fair. i wish i could attend one of ian's ghost walks one of these days yeah probably only if brennan's doing it uh, <laughs> well you're happy, out of luck then happy halloween thank you tiffany well what do you have to say about that brennan i say we've actually been uh inspired by kevin yes. i'd like to say yes. uh kevin from we need to talk about ghosts uh him and beck have put out a collection of listener stories in physical book form and um, we, yeah, we, we've been talking about that and we have actually been slowly reaching out to um, listeners who've sent us stories because we do have some things, sometimes people send us wonderful stories that are just way too long. Like not, yeah. not only would they be an entire episode unto themselves, they'd probably right. be two. We are in the process of that. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, probably maybe, I don't know, four months, four, four to six months before we're ready to like actually get it out the door, you know, into, into like to, to production, but um, right. it's, it's definitely something that we're talking about and uh, we'll keep you guys updated as, as we go. Mm -hmm. And thanks, Tiffany. I appreciate you making the suggestion. I mentioned this on the last show and then I cut it, but I had such great sales for strange, the audiobook in October. Right. I just have to thank everyone who picked it up. You guys, you killed it. It's amazing. And it really, really means a lot to you guys. Like, thank you so, so much. Uh, so again, if you want to pick up your copy of the audiobook version of A Strange Little Place, you can get that on Audible, Amazon, uh, and iTunes. And feel free to use your Audible credits. I still get paid. And uh, yeah, 
thank you just thanks to everyone who picked it up that, that was a really really awesome surprise mm-hmm. and don't forget ian's book no no it's not it <laughs> it's just such a it's such a rote thing in my head now i know but yeah ian's book victoria's most haunted is now available for sale in audiobook format as well read by yours truly and you can get that not only on amazon but you can get that pretty much anywhere audiobooks are sold we were lucky enough to have uh, touchwood editions pick that one up and so that is available pretty much everywhere uh, thanks to them so thank you to touchwood and yeah make sure to pick up victoria's most haunted in audiobook format anywhere fine audiobooks are sold janelle says fellow victorian here just listening to your 96th episode you mentioned putting limes in your water you should really be careful regarding your teeth you're exposing your teeth to high acidity even with a small amount of lime in your water for a long period of time if you're prone to cavities i would reduce this practice to only once a day i'm a dental hygienist who cringed when you told everyone this (laughs) p.s i loved your ghost tour we went on last year and i'm new to your podcast but love it Nice. Yeah, and and thank you, Janelle. And actually, we had a few listeners get in touch and warn me about my my craven lust for citrus. So, <laughs> and Janelle, if it makes you feel any better, I cringe so much during the podcast recording. So I really do understand what you're saying. It's true. You do that a lot. I can feel it. It's like a physical force. <laughs> JD from the Ghost Line. Hey, so my name's JD. But that's not the point of this text. The point is that episode 87 of the podcast is having trouble playing. Please just tell me if a lot of others have had this problem or if it's just my phone. Anyway, thanks for making me smile. P.S. I love how at the beginning of the podcast, you two were just really gentle giants to each other. And now you're complete jackasses to each other. (laughs) That is very true, true, J.D. And um, part of that is we didn't know each other very well. We were still being polite. Yeah, we're still feeling that thing you do with strangers where you're being polite even though you know you don't want to be. Yeah, you don't want to tear the mask off and show them what a complete horror show is underneath. That's what you were hearing. And then there was a breakfast in April. And... uh, Yes, yes, that's very (laughs) true. That definitely, definitely caused things to become a lot more real a lot more quickly. As for your question about the show, and I I included this because I know sometimes we do have listeners who reach out about problems playing episodes and it's hard to get back to everyone individually. Generally, I would say uh, try resetting the RSS feed or um, checking your internet connection because I know we had a listener reach out and say that she couldn't access uh, another recent show and, and she got back to me a couple minutes later, or pardon me, later that day and said, it turns out it was just an issue with my phone at that moment. As I checked episode 87 downloaded on everything I downloaded it with. So I suspect it's, it's probably just a a connection issue in that moment with your phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not a technical issue on our side because once we release that episode into the wild, it's no longer under our control. Yeah, that's it. Once once iTunes has it, it's it's entirely theirs. We don't, uh, yeah, we don't have really have anything to do with it past that point. But uh, yeah, just in case this comes up again, because I know it has for some of our listeners. Thanks again, JD. Next up is Heather, another one via the ghost line. She said, thank you guys for the election special. It was very much enjoyed and appreciated while I was stuck at work, surrounded by people who generally suck. Pray that we are able to evict that vile creature squatting in the White House. <coughs> Heather from Indiana. Yep, amen to that, Heather. <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> and you're very welcome. Uh, the election special uh, was a patron-only thing we did where I recorded a brand new episode of my radio show, Largely the Truth, mm-hmm. with music selected by both me and Ian. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and we just, it was a two-hour-long radio show, basically, where with me talking about music and introducing songs and yeah. It was kind of a while-you-wait-in-line-to-vote kind of thing. 
Yeah, because in America, for some reason, it takes a hojillion years to cast your fucking vote. <laughs> That's madness. Yeah. Some places it was like 11 hours. Oh, no, really? Yeah, the longest I've waited in line to vote, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think that's about me too. Yeah. So anyways, that's, uh, again, that's, that was for patrons only. And because of music licensing issues, it's probably not going to be up for a very long time. Mm. So if, if you do want to check it out, patreon.com slash ghost story guys. What was that again? Where can you find it? Patreon.com slash ghost story guys. Oh, patreon.com slash ghost story guys. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> the more you know. The more you know. Our next one's from Kim. I wrote in a while back about Joshua Tree, and I think something weird has followed us back to the beach in Belmont Shores, Long Beach. We've been having kind of poltergeist activity. The weirdest thing was the other morning. My husband's second cell phone that he just uses for music was thrown about four feet off the counter and cracked on two opposite corner with a huge crack across the face that connects them. The cat was still in bed with me, and I thought, well, hell, it's already broken. I'll try to recreate this. By pushing the phone off the counter in several different ways. Nope. I would have to slam this phone and make it bounce at such a force to create, recreate the damage. WTF. That's nuts, Kim. That is, yeah. uh, that is pretty crazy. No, that's not good. I mean, if it continues, um, you might want to look into talking to someone about um, solutions for poltergeist things. I know there are uh, some people who are, mm -hmm. who are good at that. I know um, Michael, who's a brujo, he's a friend of the show. He's on Instagram as the Mango Witch, and uh, I know he offers services in this direction, so that might be someone to consider getting in touch with. Mm -hmm. This next message is from Brooks. Brooks says, I've sent you some of my experiences before, but since moving into a new apartment, I had two new ones. I keep my bedroom door locked all the times because the apartments are assigned roommates, and, one, and mine is super weird. I only know his name and his horrible diet, a frozen pizza a day and a burger cooked for 30 to 45 minutes. Ugh. Besides, he's very loud, so because of that, I keep my door locked. One time I came home, went into my room, locked the door, and about 30 minutes later, I shifted in bed and noticed the lock became unlocked by itself. Ugh. Since then, I always carry a knife with me after being robbed and mugged. I've, I've been mugged. It's, it's not a nice feeling. It feels nice to have any sort of protection. I will say, the only problem with using a knife for protection is that sometimes there can be a really substantial psychological barrier to actually cutting someone. Right, and yeah. also, knives can be very easily be used against you. Oh, so, yeah, um, big time. Uh, so you may want to consider pepper spray, just just a thought, or a, a baton. I mean, I don't know if asps are legal for civilians to own, but um, I'm sure they are in the states. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, just some some self defense thoughts from your your friends here at GSGHQ. One morning, I woke up and the knife wasn't in my pocket. I didn't find until a week later. I was cleaning my room that this knife had somehow got out of my out of my pocket and wrapped up in a face mask I hadn't worn in two weeks, and that was wrapped up in a T-shirt I hadn't worn in over a month. I have no clue how it got there or so tangled up in these two articles of clothing I haven't worn in a while. Yeah, that's scary, Brooks. I mean, maybe invest in another lock if you can, but uh, yeah, that's that's not good. And, and uh, please bear in mind what I said about the knife. Our next one is from Aaron. Hey guys, have just found your podcast series on Spotify and I am loving it. Not sure how many listeners you have from New Zealand, but has anyone messaged you about the mental asylum? turned haunted attraction i have i've had an encounter or two there and was wondering if y'all would be interested sure yeah send it our email address is the best place to send anything absolutely yeah ghoststoryguys at gmail.com please do send all right so we only have two more first one up is emma emma says 
I realize I have reached the point where I am anxiously awaiting the show release every week, so I figured it was finally time to reach out. I began listening to the show during Turducken and it has become a great comfort to me during this time of isolation and general weirdness. I am a mental health professional in the US, so I really appreciate your sensitivity to mental health concerns. I have noticed that liminality is a theme frequenting the paranormal media recently. I first heard this mentioned on Hellier, uh, and I keep hearing about Hellier, I really gotta watch it. And I know you guys have mentioned that those existing in liminal spaces or on the fringes, aka those of us struggling with mental health concerns, are more apt to experience high strangeness. My strangest and scariest experiences have occurred when I was in the deepest of psychological pits. I thought I'd share a quick one with y'all. When I was a sophomore in college, I went through my first and worst breakup to date. It was fucking awful. I have never experienced such gut-wrenching heartache. I was simultaneously in one of my worst mental health spirals. Overall, a super bad time. One night, it was either Friday or Saturday, I was home alone in our 100-plus-year-old house while all my friends went out and partied because I simply couldn't get out of bed. I know that feeling. I lay there listening to music and drifting in and out of sleep. Suddenly, I was jolted awake when something grabbed my ankles and pulled me down my bed. Sure, this could have been akin to when you're falling asleep and get jolted awake because you feel like you're falling, but I swear I was actually physically pulled. It is my belief that my defenses were so low and I was in such a vulnerable state that I could no longer protect myself from whatever exists on the other side. Anyways, thanks for reading and thank you for all that you do. I kind of wonder if that was actually someone trying to like physically jar her out of her, like her state, you know? Yeah, but why? Well, to, to sort of provide um a different focus. Oh, yeah. You know, because like I know sometimes when I'm in a really bad spiral, I will just kind of just spiral and spiral and spiral and it, it kind of takes something jarring me out of the rut. Right. Because it's, it's all about like the grooves you carve in your brain, right? I mean, that's, I remember that's something I learned a long time ago in therapy is that negative thoughts are like grooves you carve in your brain. And that's one of the reasons it can be so difficult to change those mm. thought patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because you're, you're effectively having to carve new sure. grooves. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's really interesting. And again, I, I'd like to think it's, you know, I mean, I do think it probably happened because you were more vulnerable to it. But again, I also wonder if maybe someone was trying to just give you something to pull you out of your rut. Interesting. Thank you for getting in touch. Jackie from the Ghost Line uh, had a very good question. What happens to ghosts during daylight savings time? Are they like, all right, boys, it's 3 a.m. Let's do this. Oh, not yet, Daryl. We have to wait another hour. Daylight savings tonight. <laughs> That's an excellent question, Jackie. I know I've always wondered that about these lunatics who talk about prophecy. You know, the world's going to end tonight at midnight. Was well, that like midnight Eastern, midnight Pacific? <laughs> it's I mean, kind of. It's, it's already tomorrow night in Australia. It's kind of the you same know? thing, isn't it? it yeah, it's, it's really yeah, the same. That's awesome. So that's going to do it for the mailbag this time around. Thank you so much to everyone who got in touch. We just love hearing from you guys. Can't tell you how much. You can send us an email at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com. And if you're going to send a story, that's the best way to do it. If you otherwise want to get in touch, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghoststoryguys, twitter.com slash ghoststoryguys, and Instagram at instagram.com slash the ghoststoryguys. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at largely the truth. And I'm on Instagram at ghoststoryguy. And of course, the ever-present, the one your aunt's on, Facebook. Yes, we did get our first uh, really crazy message via Facebook, did we not? Um, Wait, which one? The really heavily political oh, one. yeah, yeah. Bless yeah. words. The QAnon people. <laughs> yeah. QAnon isn't real, I folks. Got, um, I got my first Instagram influencer offer. Oh, yeah. Really? And I thought, well, that seems odd. I don't have that many followers. So I Googled it and it turns out it's a bit of a scam. I'm shocked. Right? But they said it's such a great scam because everyone wants to think they're popular and important. 
Of and course. I, and my first thing was, I don't have that many followers. Like, there's something off about this. You know, there's just no way. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, what they do is they are like, oh, we're giving you a free watch and you pick the watch and then you pay for shipping and handling, which is like 30 bucks or something. <laughs> to this Nigerian it, Pretty much. And then you, of course, never get a watch. Oh, man. I got one from uh, this company selling frozen shrimp. Oh. And... They, yeah, it was like, we'll send you a coupon or a free, like a coupon for a free box of shrimp from this company. You have to go into HEB, which I guess is a chain oh, down okay. in the US, and show a, like a, just casually share a picture of you buying frozen fucking shrimp oh like God. you do. Yeah, well, it's yep. nice there. Um, coming at us full on, we've really reached a nice plateau there. <laughs> We're moving on up in the world. <laughs> no, uh, hopefully we move up to those fancy cologne and sunglass scams. That's what I'm, that's what I'm holding out for. Oh, I'm, I'm aiming firmly for uh, body wrapper fit tea territory. <laughs> if you don't like talking, then you're just like me. But you can text the ghost line with your ghost stories. So text Brandon That's right. The number is one 588 6920 or you can text at 925-553-4789. Thanks, of course, to our listener, Lauren Hutchison, for her ghost line jingle. This is the part of the show where we share our ghost line calls with you. This is Gino in Baltimore County, Maryland. Another apartment I lived in. A friend had uh, stayed over and we shared the king-size bed. This person that spent the night is talking in Spanish and English and moving all about the bed. And I thought, how odd. I always thought that was me. And I glance above, and there is a woman with a scarf over her head, long hair parted down the middle, and she's leaning over his head, smiling. Her eyes suddenly move to mine. She changes then to an old hag. At which point, she dissipates. My friend immediately awakens. Same apartment, another night, couldn't sleep, was out on the living room with the TV on. Something grabbed the door handle to the apartment and was pulling for dear life, trying to open that door up. This translucent apparition comes out from the hall, wearing no shirt, mustache. He stared at the door, with a disgusted look on his face, then turned to me, gave me the same look, and then folded his arms like, do something. And then he dissipated. The doorknob stopped. Come to find out that before I had lived there previously, that person had been a roommate of a couple other people that lived in this apartment, and apparently he had gone back to Mexico for some reason. I'm not, I can't remember for sure what. But he was killed in Mexico maybe six months before that. We've shared some of Gino's other stories on the previous Ghost Line episode. That would have been Mini Show 4, if you want to check it out. And I recommend you do. He's got some really great stories. And thank you again for sending them in, Gino. We've got one more installment from you, which we'll be playing in this episode coming up in a little bit. Sadly, one of the stories you sent, uh, there seemed to be a glitch on the Ghost Line. I think it was uh, installment 5. And it, it... just didn't record. It's uh, three minutes of silence. It's a real bummer, but uh, gotta say, I've never heard of someone seeing someone else's night hag 
that that's a new one on me. So if anyone else out there has experiences, please let me know. And the story of the fellow from Mexico who you saw in the apartment seemingly trying to open the door, that really reminds me of the story we shared from the woman who saw a fellow she knew standing in the middle of the street trying to get her attention. And when she finally got to work, it turned out he was dead. And I find really veridical stuff like that absolutely fascinating because it, it just becomes harder and harder to ignore the reality of these things. So thanks again. Hey guys, this is Mike from Jersey. I just want to give you guys a call. Let you guys uh, see if you guys can look up La Casa Matusita in, pa in Peru. It's one of the most hunted houses, if not the most hunted house in Peru. If you guys have a chance to look it up, maybe you guys can do a story about it. I think it's, uh, it's worth the time. At least worth the look up, alright? Alright, again, this is Mike from Jersey. Bye. Thanks for calling, Mike. I had not heard of La Casa Matusita, but we did look it up. And what's really cool is unlike a lot of, I think, famously haunted places, it doesn't look haunted, if that makes sense. It looks very nondescript, and I find those are usually the really interesting places. So I, I will look a little more into that. Thank you. And we'll see if we can get some stories from there into the show. I know this year we haven't really done much in the way of original episodes. It's been a lot of listener stories, and that's mostly because it's been hard to write during the pandemic. I do all the writing for the show, and it has been difficult to kind of get down to that place where you can really do a lot of pure creation. But I'm planning to start up again for the new year, and yeah, hopefully we can get some stories from there uh, while we're at it. And if you're into scary stuff from South America, I recommend you check out the horror film Terrified from Argentina. It is really, really good. It's streaming on Shutter right now, and is very much worth your time. This is Gino in Dundalk, Maryland, with the conclusion to what I think is going to be the final story. I had skipped over some less exciting stories that I thought that were experiences, but it was like one little occurrence or two little occurrences and really not that big of a deal. So anyway, I was getting to twice. Something had jumped or charged at me and spun me around almost 180 degrees. The other thing I noticed is there is a stray cat that hangs up by a shrub and I think a female spirit is attached to it because she seems to huff at me when she has to move out of my way. Um, also, I think the same spirit I've come across huffing at me in the elevator because apparently she doesn't like people walking through her, I guess. And just yesterday, interestingly enough, um, it was last night, I went to get the mail. I guess it was about 2.30 in the morning. I got up a little earlier than my normal 3 a.m., by the way, if I don't wake up at 3 a.m., I wake up with one scratch anywhere from an inch to four inches long. So I learned to get up. Anyhow, I went to get the mail, and I felt icy cold, and hair stood up all over my body, and all I could hear was, like, static electricity in my right ear. So I know that was another entity that was trying to make contact and, and tell me something, but hasn't figured out quite yet how to do it. So I think this will be the last story, but then again, I'm not dead yet, so I might have more to come in the future. I guess we'll have to see. I hope you enjoyed my stories, and uh, thank you very much. Take care. Gino, these have been really brilliant stories. Thank you so much for sharing them, and I, I truly hope you listen to the mini-shows so that you know we've been sharing these with people because they, they deserve to be shared. And I think you're right. I think uh, your life is not over, and I suspect there are many more to come. And if you feel like sharing them, please do. Hi, guys. 
I live in Royal Bay, California, and I just want to have a comment. Um, I happen to catch your guys' podcast probably about episode six or seven, and I just want to thank you because I was going through a very bad time. I had left my husband. I was actually living in a homeless shelter in San Luis Obispo, and um, at night you're not allowed to have your electronics on after 10 o'clock, but I would sneak my phone under my pillow and listen to your guys' podcast like all night long. And it really got me through sometimes, and not so much the ghost, the ghost stories itself. It was, you guys, your banter back and forth is hilarious. And I just wanted to thank you that you guys have been a bright spot in my life when it was dark, and just to let you know everything's good now, I, and thank you for getting me through that. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So this caller's first name is Kelly. And the reason that's not in the call is because she also mentioned her last name. And and I don't like to include last names in the show if I can avoid it. So uh, I I cut that part of the call out entirely. But Kelly, I can't tell you what that meant to both me and Ian to hear that. Uh, Full disclosure, I record this part of the show after the main record. So Ian isn't isn't here to offer his thoughts. But I, I know that he was touched and honored to know that we, uh, we were able to to help you get through those dark times. That is, um, this can be a lonely job, but hearing stories like yours and other listeners too who tell us about how we help them get through their dark times, it makes all the difference. So uh, however much we helped you, believe me when I say you help us by telling us your story. We're both incredibly happy to hear that you're in a better place now, and we hope that uh, you stay with the show. Take care. If you don't like talking, then you're just like me. But you can text the ghost line with your ghost stories. So text Bran and Ian with your pictures and tales at 925-553-4789. Thanks to everybody for calling the ghost line. Again, that number is one 588 6920 Or you can text us at 925-553-4789. The number is toll-free in North America, and the text number is American. So if you are outside the U.S., you may have international texting charges depending on your carrier. And if you want to call the ghost line, but you don't want to call call if you're outside North America, you can always use the voice memo app on your phone to record your message and just send it to us at ghoststoryguys at gmail.com with the subject as ghost line. Our theme song is Radio, Into the Darkness We Go, the Serving Dead Mix, composed by Pizzanta Music and performed by Ferra. As we mentioned, the Ghost Line jingle is composed and performed by Lauren Hutchison, and all of their music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sound. If you're looking for Podsafe music or sound effects for your next project, head on over to epidemicsound.com to check them out. I guess that's going to do it. I think that's it. We'll be back next week with episode 98. Until then, into the darkness we go. 